0: Well, it's not quite JT the Brick, but it is the JT the Brick show. I'm Jason Fitz hanging out with Eddie Pascal, and I'm just going to get right to the admission that you all need on Raider Nation Radio. I was wrong. Coming into the season, I did not imagine there was any scenario, any scenario at all that got the Raiders to 2-0. I did not think it was possible, given the matchups. Given the expectations from a defense that I wasn't sure could gel together quickly, given all of the variables that we were looking at, my fear was that we would see a slow start for a Raiders team that I still believed was playoff capable. Instead, I've been absolutely wrong, as many of us have, and the Raiders have a fire now that's going to result in all sorts of national attention. It's the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz, and Eddie... Let's just start right there because we were texting, uh, you know, I like to pull down the fourth wall here. We were texting coming into the, the, the game yesterday. We were texting after the game. And I told you beforehand, man, if the Steelers win, uh, or if the Raiders beat the Steelers, I'm not ready for the level of, uh, of excitement that I'm going to have. Turns out that that's exactly what I had to deal with. I didn't see it coming.
1: No, and, and look, you, I think you and I, Fitz, we base our relationship, our friendship on openness, transparency, honesty, all that good stuff, right? I, I can say it. I was wrong, too. I was wrong about a lot of things through two weeks. Now, look, when I look at things that I was wrong on, I don't say I was super wrong offensively. I thought this offense was going to be good. I thought it was going to be a top 10 offense, and I thought it was going to be even better than it was a year ago. I did not see Derek Carr having the start to the 2021 season that he has had. But where I was really wrong, Fitz, is I looked at this defense coming into 2021. I looked at this group led by Gus Bradley, and I thought, look, they're going to be they're going to be better because candidly statistically they couldn't have been much worse than they were in 2020 <laughs> but i did not see this rebrand fits this rebrand as a defensive juggernaut i did not see this coming but i could not be happier that i was that i was more wrong
0: you know it's interesting to me and for anyone that doesn't know my background i work at ESPN and i'm there every day so uh, there were a couple of interesting things that stood out to me one oftentimes when i talk to former players about coordinators I'm reminded that, you know, players will tell you, hey, system matters. Most players, when they get to the NFL, have a certain level of capability. The question is, can the coaching staff maximize that capability? And there's not a huge gap from many of the guys on one team to another. We have our stars, but for the most part, the majority of the roster sort of all clumped in together. What can the coaches do with what they get? We're seeing some of those answers. And, you know, I've got a couple of friends that have been on ESPN all day today that do a great job breaking down film. And I was getting texts last night from saying, wait a minute, this this Raiders team is Really good. And and that's the part of what I think hits me through all of this is like, let's take a second and we're going to break it down over the next two hours. Everything that's good, everything that maybe could be tweaked, what it means for the team. But I, I want to start with the most important statement, Eddie, I think anybody can hear right now. 2-0 and this year does not feel the same as 2-0 and last year. Not all 2-0s and are created equal. And this 2-0 and hasn't just been about the fact that the team won. It's been about the fact that when you watch them play, this is a team that looks competent on the defensive side of the ball, to say the least, and very good on the offensive side of the ball. Like, that is better than 2-0 and of we've survived. It's 2-0 and of we've thrived.
1: And I would say this too, Fitz. Let's look at the teams that they beat. No disrespect to anyone else in the NFL, but these are two teams that we – Perceive as good teams in the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know that you have your thoughts about the Steelers offense, and I'm sure you will relay them over the next two hours, but all the same, these are two teams that historically speaking are very good football teams. And you talk about, you know, all two and O's aren't created equal. I'll kind of piggyback off that and say, listen, enjoy this, enjoy this moment. Yes. I know we were two and o a year ago and the season ended how it ended, but I was telling Ray who, you know, our, our production assistant down at HQ, and he was kind of basking in, in the glory of 2-0. And I was like, look, man, I'm going to tell you right now, enjoy these moments. If you are a Raiders fan right now, enjoy this moment because none of these none of these games, none of these moments are promised. We all know that. We have seen this story time and time again, but I will just tell you this. It feels good. You're in that building. I was there bright and early this morning, Fitz. There is an energy. There is an enthusiasm. There is an excitement. There is an optimism down at Raiders Way, and it feels so good to be a part of it. And we have to bask in it. There's. You'll only get 17 chances. You know that as well as i I do. And the fact that this team is 2-0, having beat the teams that they did, doing it the way that they did, essentially without a running game, which I know we'll talk about. I mean, you, if you're a fan of the silver and black, enjoy this moment because, oh man, it is a lot of fun right now to be a, man, a, a member of Raider Nation.
0: I think it's important to remind everybody, specifically for me, I don't care about last year. And that doesn't matter if and we're you talking should've. about... because the 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 turnover is so much different if you're the Buccaneers who brought everybody back from a Super Bowl then yes you can sit back and say hey we brought back the entire roster we feel pretty good about what we're doing Kansas City last year brought back all but I think one starter right so they can feel pretty good about where they're going for most teams there is such a churn and burn uh, portion of the roster that changes so much that and frankly for this team Coaches have changed, so now you have different players playing under different coaches. Like I don't honestly understand why we spend so much time talking about, frankly, what any teams have done in previous years, because each year is in and of itself its own challenge. And for the Raiders to be two and zero against Baltimore and Pittsburgh, to your point, two teams. I I caution everybody to play that not all to play here the it schedule comes. game. Here it uh, comes. No, no, you just can't <laughs> play the schedule game because we all thought that Baltimore and Pittsburgh would be two uh, tough games. So I don't want to gloss over Miami saying they're. Are going to be less but I really thought an 0-2 start was a possibility a 1-3 start was a possibility and that they'd still make the playoffs to be sitting at 2-0 I'm looking at it saying my god I underestimated a lot about this team
1: yeah and I think and I said it a few minutes ago Fitz I think for me my biggest surprise going into this year and now you know going through these first two weeks is just how and I for lack of a better term how competent and how above average this defense looks, and we said it a few minutes ago, where you look at what happened, as you said, last year, can't talk about last year, but I think that there's still that, that kind of bug in the back of every Raiders fan's kind of brain, where you think about what happened in 2020, and yes, the offense was incredible, and it was so much fun to see Derek and Gruden fully in sync going up and down the field, points, 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 and oftentimes it felt, though, that you were just waiting for the defense to catch up, and unfortunately, in 2020, it didn't catch up. Well, that defense has caught up, and now you look at what Gus Bradley's been able to do over these first two weeks. You look at what Max Crosby has done. Yannick Ngakwe, who was certainly less than 100% yesterday, but still managed to leave a, his imprint on that game. It is exciting to watch, and, and I will say it, man, just like you, I was wrong about what, it, what I was the expectation was for this defense.
0: So, you mentioned that, and by the way, it's the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation 920 AM. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz sitting in for JT, and You know, I want to get to this defense and give them a little credit where it's due. Uh, There's so many different variables here, and we'll play a lot of this game. If I had told you over the course of the day, right? (laughs) But if I told you that we'd be looking at a defense that had limitations to some extent for Yannick Ngakwe and what he was going to be able to be uh, capable of doing on the field due to injury, Klee, I think, ended up with 12 snaps was the final count. So you're talking about a limited number of snaps for Cleveland Furrow. You're talking about a defense that was coming in against an offense that would pick Pittsburgh I may not love, but still has landmark wide receivers. And the question was, could this secondary cover? What were they going to be able to do with Max? Was Pittsburgh going to be able to game plan to take the pass rush away? And on a short week, traveling across country to Pittsburgh, this is the type of game you could make a million excuses for why the Raiders lost, and and it would be acceptable. So to see them overcome all of those, if I had told you moments, is a statement to the fact that this defense is not who we thought they'd be. They are better.
1: And I think the one guy that has, and I'm sure this is totally fine by him, kind of flown under the radar is Denzel Perryman. We have not talked about him a lot over these first two weeks. Back-to-back games now, he leads this team in tackles. I'm looking at his numbers right now, 12 tackles uh, yesterday in Pittsburgh. And this is a guy who has come in about three weeks ago, which is incredible to think about. When we were in August, uh, call it... 22 days ago, Denzel Perryman was not on this roster. He descends into Las Vegas. He is essentially thrown into the starting lineup, and he is playing a really, really solid brand of football. And give credit to Corey Littleton as well. Give credit to that entire front four. I mean, this defense that Gus Bradley has kind of built and molded, and credit to Mayock and Gruden for giving him the pieces to do that. I mean, they are a large reason why this team is 2 0
0: You know, you mentioned credit there, and I think it's such an important thing to look back at because we've seen in past years the attempt last year there was an attempt to trade for a linebacker the uh right before the season didn't necessarily make any impact on the field this year you have perryman and kj right both at yes it. and kj I mean, you see KJ make an epic stop in the Monday night game, right, on fourth down. You see that, and then you also just see really strong, competent linebacker play carrying over to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has the coaching staff to carve you up. Like, they have the coaching staff to scheme through whatever you're doing. The fact that the linebackers held up so well, to me, was a surprise, and there is credit that belongs there in the front office's ability to find somebody right before the season that they can plug and play. Like if anybody had thought Perryman and KJ Wright would work out this well, we would have signed a month ago, right? Like that, that's just the way these things work. So I got to give Mayock and Gruden credit.
1: And, and the thing is too, and I'll just ask you as, as a Raider fan yourself, when was the last time, if you can remember that we saw, and I keep using this word, such competent linebacking play? Because a year ago, It felt like that is one area that we were missing. And Corey Littleton, to his credit, was incredibly open, transparent. Uh, His self-evaluation at the end of the year, I've talked about this a lot, was one of the most brutally honest assessments I've ever heard a player in any sport give about his play for a season. But you look to now... And my goodness, it feels like it's been a while, Fitz, since we've seen this level of, of excellence really in the linebacking core. Yeah,
0: I keep going back and thinking like Greg Beaker, Kirk Morrison, like. And, and, oh, shout out to my and, guy Kirk one time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, that's really just a fan fan shout out there because yeah. Kirk's a big guy, and I don't want him to, uh, I don't want him to take it out of me <laughs> when I don't mention. Uh, no, I, I think it's it's then. You know, and you can look back, how many years in the draft did we look at it saying, this is the year the draft is going to give us a linebacker? And then it's like, well, no, 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 the coaching staff is full of former linebackers. They can get play out of anybody. And then it never works out, right? At some point, you got to get it. At the same time, I think when you're talking about veteran transactions there's a little bit of vet. better to be lucky than good sometimes right like you get some guys in and it just meshes I look at Miami last year as a great example of a team that spent a ton of money more money than anybody in the secondary last offseason before last season and it gelled immediately and that is so rare to see you realize that you really need the stars to align I think there's a couple of elements that have been at play here. One, it looks like some of the guys that we've been waiting to take a step forward have taken a little step forward. Like I've been anxious to see Trayvon and see what he looks like as a you know a number one overall and then you you start looking at the defensive line like you mentioned max somebody that's playing lights out you know you look at some of the uh, solomon thomas some of the signings that are veterans like it's a mix of we've drafted some guys we've developed some guys and now we're sprinkling although i'm not big on sprinkles we're putting sprinkles on the donut to make the donut in some eyes better
1: you know, and, and like you said, there is that element of luck here, right? And you, have, you and I have had this conversation a million times, where the team that the teams that are playing meaningful football into January and hopefully February, like yes, you have to be a good team, you have to build your roster up, you have to be good from one to fifty-three, have a practice squad you can dip into, but there's also an element of just getting a little bit of lucky right you, you have to you know you have to dodge the injury bug you have to have that you know funky funky shaped football bounce your way a few times here and that's just the reality of this game that's what I think makes this game fun intriguing frustrating at times but it that you have to get a little bit of luck and so you talk about some of these guys that have come in off the street that have played their behinds off that have played really really well for Gus Bradley in the silver and black and yes we expected this but did we expect it to this level so soon I don't know I don't know if we did well, and
0: I got, uh, follow me here, because this is going to sound weird to a lot of people. I mean, watching the Ravens beat the Chiefs, I know, gave a lot of uh, Raiders fans in general tremendous joy. Uh, by the way, I spent a lot of time this morning on Sports Nation on ESPN+, absolutely yelling at the top of my lungs about the fact that the Chiefs are not in first place in the AFC West since uh, in the first time in years, right? Uh, but realistically, the other side of this is... I watched some of that Chiefs defense that does have some names and some uh, sort of respect across the league. I watched them struggle with some of the same things that the Raiders struggled with when it came to tackling Lamar and you look at that and say, "Wow, okay, good." When you see Lamar do what he did against the Raiders, against other teams, it reminds you that that's not a Raiders issue. That might actually be a Lamar issue to the positive. So, just watching Lamar make everybody miss in the Chiefs game last night actually made me feel more positive about the Raiders' defense coming away from
1: it. You know, it's funny you bring up Lamar. I was literally talking to my neighbor this morning as I was up bright and nice early guy. taking. Oh, Bill, great guy. Shout out to Bill one time. <laughs> you know, when I first moved in, he gave me. Uh, he gave me. The, the edger thing for the lawn. Keep in mind, I haven't had a real lawn since I lived with my parents' house prior to here. You know, because we live in the Bay Area. Everyone's very close. We didn't have a yarn, whatever. Bill's a great guy. But we were discussing Lamar Jackson, and I told him, I was like, look, man, Lamar is one of those guys that have, you know, you were there last week too. Seeing him up close and personal... Seeing what he can do in person, he is just a different kind of dude. So, yes, the Raiders had their challenges with Lamar. Yes, they took full advantage of Lamar's, I don't want to say recklessness, but the fact that he's willing to go out and make a play. They took advantage of that. But Lamar is a guy that he's going to be a problem for the NFL. And you talk about the problems that those aren't just raider centric problems. Those aren't just Chiefs problems. Those are problems for the entire NFL.
0: Uh, let's go back to your lawn for a second. because yeah, I'm really curious. Yeah. do you do you have grass? because I like oh. I remember growing up in Vegas the grass like we had red rock and I had to actually like rake the rock and get the weeds out of the rock all the time. it was not
1: fun. Oh Fitz, listen, I love living in Vegas. I really do. I have been so pleasantly surprised by how this community has embraced not only me, but uh, the Raiders, the, our Raiders family, my family. It has been fantastic. The one thing. That I could change about the house that I live in. And listen, I love the house we live in. My wife and I have been super happy there. The lawn requires maintenance, which I did not know. I did not know you had to mow a lawn as much as you do. So I now, every like seven to 10 days, I am out there at the crack of dawn before it gets hot. You see me with my little push. There I go. That's all I do. I'm just mowing the lawn. And, uh, and frankly, Fitz, I'm done with it. I've had enough. Is it a front lawn or a back lawn? I'm so curious. Both. Oh,
0: both. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, I don't know if you've seen this, but they make like a little Roomba looking thing that goes around and cuts your lawn. I know it's it's a little pricey. I'm not gonna lie. It's a little pricey. I think think it's
1: good for me. I think it's good to keep me grounded to be out there to mow the lawn. You know what I mean? And I kinda I'm a man of the people. Like, you know, I get to see the bills of the world. I get to see all my neighbors. I get the the hey howdy. My our man Damon is laughing at me pretty hysterically behind the glass right now. But it's true, man. I like to be with the people. You know that, and I think that's why you and I get along so well, is because we are both men of the people. I don't want to be up in an ivory tower tower somewhere i want to be drinking beers in a dive bar with you know with the sticky floor hanging out listening to to old led zeppelin or whatever it is I mean, you know
0: can we can we have both like can i be in the sticky floored bar with everybody and then make my way back up to the ivory tower because they do it no, seems like it would be a comfy place to a comfy place to sleep i'm with you it's jt the brick i don't know how we got that far i hope, hope the they let us
1: back i this hope she lets us back after this
0: this is the <laughs> excitement that comes with two and oh. and you know i i I I will say this. You said it earlier, Eddie, and we're going to keep enforcing this mindset over and over and over again. uh, Everything I do, I do in my life because of my fandom of the Raiders growing up. Like It was my release. It was everything for me. And uh, when I was on the road as a musician every Sunday, it was everything for me. Like Watching the Raiders makes me uncontrollably happy or sad, and everybody looks at it and says, why do you care so much about football? And I say, if I knew the answer to that, I'd be able to fix this. I can't. Like, being a Raiders fan is something that's sort of ingrained in your soul and it's easy to look at it and say well they disappoint well they're gonna let me down well what's the point of the disappointment if you can't enjoy the excitement along the way this is the moment on the roller coaster like maybe you get to the end of the roller coaster ride and it was too short and it the it it didn't have enough ups and downs for you maybe that's how you feel but in the moment when you're on the thrill of the ride enjoy the thrill of the ride two and oh is something that absolutely nobody can take away from this team, no matter where the season goes. And a win over Baltimore and a commanding win over the Steelers, and I do say commanding intentionally, is something that can never be taken away from this team and the identity of what this version of the Las Vegas Raiders is going to be. Again, I don't care how they started last year or how they finished last year. I care how this team on the field finishes and how this team on the field moves forward. And if we can't enjoy these moments... Then man, why do we go through the angst every single? Se- why did I stand
1: for three hours, Eddie? If I can't enjoy the uh, the win, preach, Pastor Fitz. Preach. Tell the good people what they're missing out, man. Because I, dude, I agree with you a thousand percent. And listen, we don't know how the season's going to end. Nothing is promised. To use the old coaching cliche, but two and zero feels so good. And I'll ask you this: How many teams in the NFL, regardless of you if you win pretty, you win ugly, you win somewhere in between, how many teams would love to be where the Raiders are sitting right now at two and zero? coming home with a chance to go three and0 really you know let put this league on notice really show hey this is who we can be we have been in the lab for the past six seven months and we're showing you guys hey this is not just a blip on the radar this is a team that is built to sustain success and they're coming home with a chance to do it in front of their loud fans at a beautiful Legion Stadium
0: I said to some of my friends at ESPN today raise your hand and hold it up in the air if you had the Raiders going 2 and0 over Baltimore and Pittsburgh and you're not a Raiders fan not a fan <laughs> And then I say, keep your hand up, because now we all know you're a liar. (laughs) Nobody saw this coming, and we'll see what happens next. Speaking of what's coming next, the legend of Derek Carr took a massive step forward. What's it mean for the future, and how did it happen? We'll answer all that for you coming up next. It's JT The Brick on ESPN. ESPN. No, I'm used to saying that, Eddie. That's just my bad. On Raider Nation Radio, uh, Eddie Pascal, Jason Pitts filling in. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore on Boulder Highway in Henderson. Why pay more? They have the super deals you're looking for. Well, they're
2: always keying on Waller. I mean, Pittsburgh, I mean, Waller still had a great catch to win the game. Hell, everybody's going to key on Waller, wouldn't you? We had 27 targets last week, so, (laughs) uh, you know, go ahead. They're welcome to do that. You know, we're we're expecting that, and if they don't, we're going to throw it to them.
0: It's the JT, the Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz sitting in for JT. I love the laughs. I love the thoughts on all of this, Eddie. Like, we can laugh all day long about Darren Waller, but I think – one thing that was pointed out yesterday repeatedly was that Carr actually targeted eight different receivers, and that would be the second game in a row he's targeted eight or more receivers through the course of the game. I watched a Derek Carr yesterday that was a surgeon, and, you know, we can talk all day long about the beginning of the first game and the first half, and I tweeted out some not-so-positive things about some moments there where he missed some throws. At the at halftime of that Baltimore game, something changed, and it continued through Sunday, when you want to figure out where to tip the hat for why the dominant performance. To me, it's completely a Sunday performance that belonged to Derek Carr. He was a master on the field and the reason the Raiders won that football
1: game. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. And before we talk about Derek, that's how you know when Gruden's in a good mood. When he's cracking jokes post-game, because <laughs> you don't you don't see it very often, right? Like even in sometimes in wins, he comes to the podium and he's very serious and he's got that classic Gruden scowl going. But yesterday, like we heard, he's cracking jokes. He's in a good mood. And if you're if you're JG, you gotta be in a good mood, right? Your team flew east on a short week. Your quarterback was fantastic. Like, life is good if you're John Gruden right now. Did did you just go JG? Like, is that an official nickname? I go JG. Uh, I go either JG or Gru.
0: There uh, it goes, Gru. And and has he approved JG as a... They like, uh, I'm just, like, JG feels like you're walking up, you slap him on the butt, and you're like, what's up, JG? <laughs> well, if that's see, what I, JG feels see, like.
1: See, I almost feel like JG is a little more formal, you know what I mean? Like, oh, JG okay. is because you're going with, like, initials. Like, like for instance, like, you see those people that, you know, and I don't know these folks, you know, Fitz, but the people that have those big, beautiful mahogany desks, and it has just, like, their initials, and then the, then their last name. So, like, I would be, like, E period, G period, Pascal, you know? And it's just, <laughs> it, there's an air of respect behind that. <laughs> What would, you, oh what would you be? What's your middle name, Fitz? I won't put you on blast, uh, but you would be J period what? J period S period Fitz. Like, oh, see, that's it, powerful. J S Fitz. That's nice. Yeah, that,
0: that, does have good, that, that does have a good ring to it. Uh, Gruden uh, got himself in a little bit of TikTok trouble today. He's a bit of a sensation for some of the referee talking uh, going on in there, yes. to which I say, hey, we all know, like, turn your mics <laughs> down at that point. Like, just turn the mics down. You uh, got it. You but got it, it does you you've got by the way a couple of questions and we'll get back to Derek Carr in a second but uh somebody hit you up asking how long we're allowed to celebrate right like uh, th- there, is there a time frame in your mind for how long we celebrate 2-0? Well,
1: I, I'm with you. I think we were talking about this off-air. I, I think Wednesday is kind of the day that we collectively internally like look ahead to the next game because today is Monday. It's a victory Monday. And if, what is a victory Monday without celebration and replays and highlights and all that good stuff? And shameless plug alert, head on over to Raiders.com to get all of your highlights, all of your analysis, all the great videos and behind-the-scenes stuff. But then tomorrow's the player's off day, so we're still living it. But then when they get back to work on Wednesday, I think that's when we really officially kind of look ahead to Miami look ahead to what's going to happen Sunday afternoon at Allegiant Stadium but for now for now we're partying brother we're having a great time
0: yeah I'm all in with you on that I mean there's no doubt about it and uh, understandably so although I'll bet a lot of Raiders fans were keeping an eye on that Tua injury in the Miami game yesterday we'll see how that plays out Uh, Derek Carr to me there were a couple of interesting things one is that in the second half his precision his control his understanding of where he wanted to go with the football was incredible now i will say obviously i mean we're not blind and and i tweeted out jokingly by the way you can follow us both on twitter at eddie pascal and at jason Fitz. i tweeted out yesterday uh you know here's the analysis that you needed uh, jj watt being out of the game would be substantial right we all know that but particularly once watt went out of the game Pittsburgh lost the ability to quickly pressure, and it felt like that only helped Carr make the reads faster. He knew where he wanted to go. He was able to place the ball brilliantly. He knew pre-snap what the situation was going to be like. You saw a mix of game control homework and understanding all come together in that second half. And even after the ankle injury where you know we were all holding our collective breath, you've got to look at it and say, okay, he got back up. And even though he wasn't really dropping back, he was in shotgun for most of the rest of the game. He was able to quickly move his body and make those throws. I really thought it was an incredible, gutsy, precise effort from Derek Carr.
1: I think you use, you use the perfect term, fits. I think the term is precise, and and we're going to get to the phone line in just a second here. But before we do, I think precise is the absolute perfect word to describe what we saw, because to me, especially in that second half, what it felt like is it kind of felt like some of those those college offenses you see, where your quarterback, if you're the quarterback, you're taking, you get this ball in shotgun, no steps, boom, get it to your playmakers, get it to the guys that you know they need the ball in their hands, and that very much felt like what Derek was doing. And we were talking about this really, where it feels like in a game like yesterday, when you're struggling to get the run game going and yes you're down Josh Jacobs yes you're down a couple linemen and so you know regardless even if you got out you know if you're at 100 strength running against the Steelers defense is going to be a challenge but it almost felt like the way that Derek was so precise and was handling business that it almost that that short intermediate passing game was kind of the replacement for the running game if you will
0: Yeah, and there was a level of comfort that you saw with everybody. By the way, you guys can text us. The text line is the Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword RNR. Visit SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Uh, so, and, and you mentioned the phone line. Well, I, I'll just throw the, the
1: world under the... I don't know the phone number. What's the phone number, Eddie? <laughs> what is it? Damon? No, I'm looking for the phone number, too. Uh, the landline <laughs> the, the land is 702-365-9200. So if you want to talk to Eddie or Fitz, that's the number for you, 702-365-9200. And speaking of people that want to talk to Eddie and Fitz, Demon, can we go to the phone line real quick now? Are we able to do it? Let's bring in our pal, Raider T. Raider T, what's going on, brother?
3: Hey, good afternoon, guys. How are you guys doing?
1: Good, man. We're great, man. Good.
3: Hey, I'm ecstatic, man. I am pumped up. I did not see us being 2-0. I thought we were capable of it, but Pittsburgh and Baltimore are tall order, so I know I heard one of you guys apologizing to Raider Nation for not predicting that, but um, I think most people thought a split would be pretty good between those two teams. Um, What bugged me was some of the national media predicting us to come in fourth place, especially after last year. You're talking an offense that was definitely ready for prime time, The problem was our defense, and basically nobody in the national media was giving us credit for Gus Bradley because that guy basically not only came in and was going to improve the defense by himself, but then they brought in a ton of guys, not just guys, but guys that are familiar with his system and can come in two weeks before the season starts and pick it up running because they already know the system. So they didn't just get guys. They got guys that fit the system, and I think that's the key thing. Um, just after two weeks, I know it's only two weeks, but I was looking at some of the stats to see kind of how they fare. And uh, they're in the top third in the NFL in scoring defense. They ranked, I think, 11. They're tied with three other teams with that score. Um, and then there's top half. They're ranked 16 in yards allowed. So they're definitely doing what we need them to do to make this a playoff team. But um, I do want to slow my roll for a second. I was watching Good Morning Football this morning, and Kyle Brandt was on there, and he made a good point. And um, I like I like Kyle. He's a pretty good guy. Um, he was saying, look, I like the Raiders, but we've seen this before. We saw them last year. They looked like they were turning the corner. And then we had the, you know, after they beat the Chiefs and almost beat them a second time to sweep them, Then they lay an egg against Atlanta. Then they need a miracle to beat the Jets. And I think this year is different. I just get a different vibe. There's different players on this team. It looks like a team that's locked in and ready to go and laser-focused on their task. So I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm interested to see what happens this week because this would be the typical, okay, you had two huge wins. People are talking about you. Now you might be playing a team without Tua. Right. And it could be like the Raiders lay an egg. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to show everybody they're on lockdown and laser focus. But let's watch this week and hopefully we're rolling at three, and zero. have a good one, guys.
0: Thanks for the call, man. I really appreciate it. I'll hit a couple of things you said there. One, the national the reason some of the national media is down on the Raiders and has been down on the Raiders. And I, again, for anyone that doesn't know, I work at ESPN. So a lot of the guys you're talking to, I talk to all the time. Uh, a couple of things to really make sure everybody knows there. There is not a bias against the Raiders. Uh, In fact, most of my buddies at ESPN, when they win, are texting me the craziest memes and emojis of of joy because everybody knows my fandom. Uh, The other side of it is what you just talked about. Your own fear as a fan that they're going to regress back. That's what the national media is going to continue to use because, frankly, there isn't always a reason to watch bad teams. So... If you are covering football for the national media, you're not going to watch a lot of the Jags right now. Because the Jags, frankly, are hot garbage. So you'll watch the Jags when you need to watch the Jags. So what happens is when a team is unexpectedly good, they finally get a little attention, everybody watches them. When they then turn to unexpectedly bad, that's what everybody sees, and it gets cut in everybody's mind. So what Kyle is saying, by the way, you mentioned Kyle Brandt, great guy. Uh, and what Kyle is saying is is very similar to what a lot of ESPN people have said. That look, you, you start fast, where's it going to go? But I will say this, when it comes to what you're talking about, why they were picked fourth, I asked Mike Clay, and I asked Adam Schefter, I asked all the guys that you guys have tweeted me and asked me to ask, and there are very definitive reasons. For example, you mentioned bringing in Gus Bradley. Well, the Cowboys brought in Dan Quinn, and that has not made their defense necessarily something suddenly historic. It's made it Okay. You never know what a new defensive coordinator is going to come in and bring. In fact, the Washington football team brought in Jack Del Rio as a a defensive coordinator, made that defense much better, but it hasn't made the team necessarily better on the field when it comes to wins and losses. So a, a coordinator alone doesn't shift opinion. And then when it comes to the players, many of the players that were brought in uh, towards the end, Solomon Thomas being a good example, uh, guys that are a little older in their career, KJ Wright, somebody that stayed on the, the, the sides waiting for money for a long time. These are not spring chickens. So as was said to me by one smart guy, if you take the if you take the thought that every one of these signings is going to lead to that guy that's a little older having the best year that they've had in a long time, then suddenly yes this defense looks much better. But until the Raiders actually prove that consistently The the national media picked them fourth because everybody loves the Chiefs rightfully so. The Chargers are super talented and have a quarterback that everybody's in love with. And the Broncos have maybe the best roster of those teams that we're talking about minus the fact that they have an awful quarterback situation. So it's just because the Raiders were picked fourth doesn't mean people think the Raiders are necessarily bad. It just means they believe in other teams. That was a long-winded answer. That was
1: was good, though. You hit a lot of things. And and I'll just say this, Feds: At the end of the day does it really matter does it really matter what your pals at espn think or your pals at nfl network think it doesn't right it matters with the 53 guys in that locker room with the practice squad with the coaching staff with the front office what they think about what they have in that locker room, what they have in that building—that beautiful building on Raiders Way—that's what matters. And yes, the, the you know the the rankings and the predictions and the prognostications are fantastic. There are a lot of fun to talk about. You know, you and I talk about them. That's why we're here. It's fun to get into the mix with that kind of stuff, and it's a blast. But at the end of the day, it's all going to come down to Derek Carr, to Max Crosby, to Josh Jacobs, to Gus Bradley, Oli, JG, and Mayock. Right? That's what it's going to come down to. And at the end of the day, if you if those group of people can look at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, we did exactly what we wanted to. We performed to the best of our abilities. That's all that matters. Hey, Damon, do we have time for one more call before we open the break? Daman, give me the thumbs up. Uh, let's welcome in Passionate Raider. Passionate Raider, what's going on, man? Oh. Oh. Wah, wah. So is Passionate Raider
0: gone? We lost Passionate Raider? I think we did I'll, Fitz. I'll give you a, a quick thought, Eddie, on what you were just saying yeah. about you know, does everybody if everybody loves you, everybody hates you. Always remember this. If you got ten of your buddies together and you sat everybody down and you said, All right, we're getting wings tonight, best wings in Vegas. Oh, ten you're answers. You're gonna get you're gonna get ten answers. And that doesn't mean that some of the people involved in the process are idiots. In fact, they can all be food. If you ask 10 food critics for the best restaurant in Vegas, you get 10 different answers. If you ask 10 fiddle players who the best fiddle player is on the road, it was me, uh, you get 10 different answers. I
1: was going to ask. I was going to ask, who's the best fiddle player on the road?
0: Uh, Janae uh, Fleener, who plays for Blake Shelton, is number one now. But it was me. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, uh, if, if you're going to ask uh, you know, 10 guitar players who the best one is. So just understand that you, part of this is looking at everybody that watches these games And then saying, okay, who actually watches film? Like, if you're listening to Max Kellerman yell about the Raiders, then that's on you because there ain't no way Max is watching a Raiders game. But if you're listening to Ryan Clark or Dan Orlovsky or Mina Kimes or one of the people from NFL Live or Marcus Spears, like, there's, those are people that watch a ton of tape. It doesn't mean that they agree with everything you say, but at least their opinion comes from some level of information. So try and figure out who's got information, who doesn't, and then don't worry about the the idiots that are out
1: there talking the smack. Yeah, I'm with you. And Demons give me the thumbs up, fits. I guess Passion Raider has returned. Is yes, he back, Damon? Passionate Raider, are you back, brother? Are you back from the depths? Hello. I hear Hello. Him.
2: Yes, I'm here. Passionate Raider is here. Sorry, I had to turn the lawnmower off, guys. Oh, are hey, you mowing? Man. Hey, you mowing the lawn, brother? Man, I'm mowing the yard. Man, I'm still and I'm I'm still floating on one of these clouds I see running around. But you know what? I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch again because we've been here before, two and zero. Oh. Derek Carr started out on fire, two and zero oh before. I I, I I see a big difference in this defense. This defense is what is, it is. is, This defense is what is what's sparking the rest of this team. man. Derek finally has a little bit of a defense, but what I'm worried about is that offensive line. I'm worried about number 70. That dude is weak. Mark, my, he's getting pushed back. Every time they say hike, he's in Derek Carr's lap before he can even get three steps backwards. So I don't know what we're going to have to do about that situation right there with the run game, because I just don't think we have a run game right now with our offensive line. It, it just Derek's happened to get back there, and just, man, he, he, he's holding his own like a man. I've been a Raider fan for 37 years, guys, and I don't hold no punches with my Raiders, man. I love them to death. I'll never represent another team, but I don't sugarcoat it either, man. I, I, I've been there, been hurt too many times. We're going to have to figure out something with that offensive line if we're going to go far into the postseason. Right now, these first two games, yes, they were two great playoff teams from last year that we did come out and handle business. Yes, we did make Baltimore look weak. They, they exposed Kansas City last night. I'm not worried about Kansas City this year. I think we're going to be able to handle Kansas City. I'm just worried about that second stretch of the season once these people start figuring out Carr, just like every year. Every year we get through half of the season and the second half is just like we, we don't see that first half Derek Carr. I need to see the second half Of the season, like Carr starts out the first half of the season. And then, and then I'll crown him again. He's done made me cry too many times. My jersey went in the garbage can two years ago. Derek Carr ripped off in the garbage when we lost that game to the Jets. And I haven't bought one yet, and I won't again. If I get one of somebody Crosby, that man's playing with, man, gosh, that man is a a man child.
0: Woohoo! Passionate Raider, you're the best, man. Thanks for the passion. We appreciate it. And, you know, Eddie, couple things there. Uh, I don't A think there's there anything. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's uh, like Derek Carr's not doing anything new. Gruden's offense isn't like, I don't think there's some big half uh, first half of the season adjustment from what people see from Derek Carr at this point. Like I think that we could probably look back and look at some of the starting lineups that were starting by week 15, 16 over the last few years. And, figure out some other reasons that things weren't going well as well. I'm not uh, – you said 70 looks weak. That's Alex Leatherwood, and I'll just quickly give you the the report on Alex Leatherwood coming out of Alabama. I'm lucky to cover a lot of college football for ESPN. I talked to coaches down there. They all said the same thing. He's going to be a work in progress. He's incredibly strong. He has incredibly good uh, strength and ability to swallow up somebody. He just doesn't always anticipate moves well. So that, like – Eddie, he's got to grow into that. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, maybe give the rookie more than two games before we're out,
1: more than a game and a half before we're out on him. And and Fitz, I'll just remind people of this. When when Colton Miller was drafted and Colton Miller had a a rookie year that by his own admission had its ups and its downs and its everything in between – and now you don't hear the fans saying anything but, oh, my God, thank God we have Colt Miller. Thank God he's not going anywhere for the next, whatever, three, four years, however long his deal is. So I just caution a little bit of patience. And I know that cautioning patience is one of the hardest things to do in professional sports. I fully understand that. But give this kid more than a game and a half. My goodness, Fitz. And speaking of, of Alex Leatherwood, it'll be interesting to me over the next couple of days to kind of see where he ends up on that injury report. He leaves yesterday's game early with an oblique injury. But, yeah, to, to call Alex Leatherwood weak, I, I think, is doing him him. a little bit of a disservice has he been perfect certainly not all right does he have to clean up the pre-snap penalties yes a hundred thousand percent but I think he's going to be just fine and like I said man let us recall that Colton Miller a few years ago there was a very similar dialogue surrounding him the conversation around Colton Miller was very similar and now one of the best left tackles in the NFL
0: He's Eddie Pascal, I'm Jason Fitz, and we're sitting in for JT the Brick on the JT the Brick Show on Raider Nation 920 AM. When we come back, one thing was said during the TV broadcast that makes me think it's an indication of what the Raiders are game planning for. I'll tell you what it is next. The JT the Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. The JT the Brick Show is brought to you by Salmon Ash. Proud partners of JT and the Raider Nation. If you get into an accident, call 702 820 1234 or go to salmonashlaw.com.
3: And that's how you know you have a good football team. And, and, and I feel like that's been built. You know, I felt that way last year. I was getting like, I was like, man, you just love these guys. I want to. Even this year, we brought in more guys. You just wrap your arms around me say, I just want to win with this group. You know, that's the feeling, you know. It's not, it's not pulling your teeth to go to work. Um, like, I look forward to tomorrow going in the training room and seeing those guys and working out and grinding and trying to get better for the next week, you know. And that's an exciting feeling for me.
0: It's the JT, the Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Eddie Pascal, Jason Fitz sitting in for JT. You can call us, 702-365-365. 9,200. Look at that, Eddie. I got all pro and got the phone number. Love 702-365-9200. That's the way that you get in on all the fun. Uh, we'll get to a call in just a second, Eddie. There was one thing on the broadcast, because I was watching the uh, the TV side of it, obviously, sitting in Connecticut, watching the TV broadcast, and there was a, a statement that was made. Twice in the broadcast, and whenever it happens twice, and it's attributed to two different people, that to me means it's a real conversation, right? So if you hear a message coming from a coach, just see if the wide receiver and the quarterback give you the same answer, and so you hear a message. So I was a little surprised listening to the broadcast when they said they talked to Coach Gruden about the number of looks going to Waller, and he said, "I don't care about fantasy football. I care about winning games." And then they talked later about talking to Derek Carr and having him say, "I don't care about fantasy. I'm going to find the right person that's." open and make the right decision every time. That's both of them mentioning they don't care about the fantasy number aspect of it, which means to me that there's some element of conversation that's happened about the targets, about what it means, about spreading things out, and, and about what they really care about.
1: And listen, I'll, I'll just give you this quick numero here, stat or numero fits. Uh, Derek Carr targeted nine guys yesterday afternoon in Pittsburgh. Eight guys caught passes. Alec Engel, the only guy who got a target, but end up hauling in a pass. And I think to your point, though, it speaks to kind of the, the connection between Gruden and Derek. And we've heard about the so much over the past couple seasons of like oh is Derek going to take another step forward and to his credit every single year he has been with John he has gotten better and better and better and the numbers have gotten more impressive and more impressive and more impressive and now you look at two weeks into 2021 Fitz there is not a quarterback in the NFL there's not a player in the NFL that has thrown for more passing yards than Derek Carr I'm looking at the numbers right now Derek Carr is your league leader let me say that once again Derek Carr is your league leader in passing yards with 816, excuse me, 817. And that is over 100 on bad at math. I call it 130. Kyler Murray's in second with 689. So it is Derek Carr by a large margin. And he is playing a confident brand of football, a precise brand of football. And man, the fact that now he is growing in trust, that he's able to trust eight guys, nine guys to get involved in the offense, that spells nothing but good news for the future of this offense as we progress through this 2021 season.
0: Which is why one of us said on radio uh, before the season that Derek Carr would have an MVP caliber season and get a massive contract. I'm just saying. Everybody <laughs> told me I was out of my mind, and boy, it feels good to say I'm right today. Now I'll deny all of that if things goes off and things go off the rails. We've got some calls calling in that want to get in on the fun. You want to get somebody in there? Yeah, let's Eddie?
1: do it. Uh, let's go to uh, Snake Man. Damon. let's bring Snake Man hey. Snake Man in real quick. Hey guys,
0: how are you doing, Snake hey, Man? Snake Man.
4: Good, man. You guys cracked me up. Um, I don't know Deman had me on hold. And I, for some reason, I could hear your conversation while I was waiting about Passionate Radar on his lawnmower. That cat's been on his lawnmower like all morning since like five <laughs> hours ago, man. You'd think he'd run out of gas by now or dehydrate in that heat, you know? <laughs> that's oh, fantastic A
1: lot hey, of lawn the, breakdowns the, there. The, Yeah exactly The fact that Fitz and I Are going so lawn heavy Brings me a great sense Of very confusing joy But joy nonetheless Snake so, man What you got for the silver And black thing? How's, how's your lawn looking By the way
4: Yeah my lawn needs. I don't cut my lawn I don't do lawn Let someone else do that For me man That's not, that's not my cup of tea Right there But hey The game Unbelievable Carr Is playing Like you said Eddie and Fitz He is playing With such precision I called it earlier Because he has got John Gruden's playbook in his brain now. It's like his Bible, like I said earlier. He has got that thing down pat now, four years into this. I'm going to give you three plays that personify how well he's playing mentally and physically. Um, the, fir- the first play is the, the throw to Alex Engle, which was incomplete. But Engle was open on that play. He just threw that a little bit under, threw it at hair. Otherwise, that's a touchdown. He made the proper read on that play, number one. Then the other play was the throw to Sneed. The only pass that Sneed caught. Um, the safety came down to double Renfro as Renfro hooked inside, but Carr read that perfectly and threaded the needle right to Sneed, who almost busted that thing for a touchdown. It was a beautiful read right there and beautiful play design. And then the last one was the touchdown. The rugs it was an un- unbelievable play, but I will say this. Gruden needs to work on his chest bump because that one was awkward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if oh. that's if that's what we gotta do, you know, if that's what has to get better over the next sixteen, fifteen weeks, whatever it is, I'm totally cool with that, Fitz. If that's our area of offensive improvement is the Gruden uh, chest bump, totally okay with me.
0: Eddie, I will give you one dollar. You know what? I'll give you five dollars American cash if the next time you see JG, you're just like, "Hey, man, you working on that chest bump? It was a." maybe maybe it needs a little work I think Will it's going
1: to be a lot more than five to make that one happen Fitz I hate man, to break dollars is a
0: lot for me I don't know what you're talking about by the way I do think a really good call uh, there from snake man as he mentions the need uh, which was a great not only a great throw a great read but also a great route combination because they really did force the defender to, to decide are you going to try and shut down Renfro and then if you do you're leaving these other two skinnies open and by doing that I thought it was really a brilliant play design frankly it shows the respect that Renfro has on third down they they say you know third Renfro so much on the broadcast now it makes you want to throw up a little bit it's a good shot game next time but realistically it it shows impact when you see the way they cheat there for the defense
1: and it's, it's turning into yes third and Renfro is a thing it is a deal fits but now it's turning into first down and Renfro and second and Renfro which is a good thing for this offense in general the more you can get the ball in Hunter Renfro's hands the better uh back to the phone lines Damon. we got Raider Mark on hold can we go to Raider Mark
5: hey what's going on guys how we doing Living brother? that dream Raider Mark Man, you guys are doing great, man, Jason, Eddie, man. Thanks. You guys are awesome, oh, I appreciate man. I love you, your combination, man. You guys are doing fantastic. Hey, man, uh, real quick on Wood, man. Yeah, give him some time, man. Look at the teams he went against. He went to get the Raider, uh, Ravens pass rush, and now he had to go against T.J. Watts. I mean, any rookie would be, uh, uh, not have played that well. I mean, those guys are awesome. They're all pro uh, defensive guys. So everybody got to slow their roll. The cable guys to get Wood back in shape and get him ready to go. And I'm not worried about him. I don't know why everybody's worried about him. He's going to come around. He's a rookie, man. Look at the guys he's going against. And, Eddie, you made a point about Derek Carr, and you said that something about like, they haven't really changed anything and Derek Carr is more command. Yes, he's, he's doing a lot better. You know why? He is extending plays now. He's running the ball. He's doing the quarterback sneak like Tom Brady did on fourth down. So he has stepped his game completely up as an MVP candidate uh, by extending plays, and he's running the ball. And, uh, get, and getting outside the pocket. And that's a huge difference from two years ago when he would just stand in the pocket and take sacks. So he has definitely stepped his game on that end, and uh, I'm so proud of the defense, and, and John Gruden is is uh, being more aggressive now because he believes in the defense, and the defensive side is just, I, I love Nate Hobbs, man. He's doing great. Abrams, look at Abrams, man. Has he got a penalty yet? Like a, a late hit? Really? The last couple of years, that's all he does is get late hits. Because he's so aggressive. He's, being, he's really composed and, and making plays. And I can't wait to get Morrow back, man. And then Kokowski didn't play. And people, but uh about the running game. We don't have Josh Jacobs yesterday. So when he gets healthy and back, the running game is going to start coming along. We're going to throw the Waller 30, 40 times a game and get it to, to number 13. I love Hunter. And uh, I'm glad that Foster got a touchdown, man. That, guy, that guy's a great kid. So uh, I just wanted to chime in, guys. You guys are doing a great job uh and let's keep it rolling man let's get the 3-0 and go from there i mean you know i know that miami's coming to town you know we can't take them lightly so i think we'll be ready to go guys i appreciate it
0: thanks for the call red and mark the only thing he said that i would disagree with a little bit uh, i get the car conversation because he did a lot of that in baltimore after his ankle injury was when he was i think eddie at his best in that game and he wasn't moving at all. Then it was get ball, throw ball. I mean, it was as quick as possible to get it out of his hand.
1: It's you know, for, for, for me, this this is such an interesting kind of philosophical conversation because I in the I think that in your 2021 version of the NFL, you need to have your quarterback at least in some capacity be mobile. He has got to be a guy that you can get out in space, that can create, that can extend. And I don't need you to be Lamar Jackson 2.0. There's only one Lamar Jackson in the NFL, and I don't see another one coming down the pipeline for a very long time. Lamar Lamar is that good Lamar is that unique Lamar is that explosive but I do want to see your quarterback be able to extend plays and that I think is what Derek has done really really well over these past couple weeks but to your point yesterday when he's at his best just kind of doing his thing getting the ball in getting it out and getting getting the ball to his playmakers
0: well let's remember that Rich Gannon really started to excel year three in Gruden's offense so you know maybe it just took a little longer but we've seen that pop come in in the meantime speaking of Gruden We'll let you hear from Coach coming up next. It's his press conference. We'll make sure you get caught up on all of that. Plus, more big takeaways from the undefeated season known as 2-0 and in Vegas, baby. He's Eddie Pascal. I'm Jason Fitz. We're sitting in for JT on the JT The Brick Show on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by P.T.'s, the best happy hour in town and an
2: official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights.